Today is May 9th, 2021. This is episode 121 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. All right, in this episode, we're going to be talking about vaccines. And because I'm recording this a day late, we're actually going to be talking about how today is the day that I am getting my first dose of the COVID vaccine. Yeah, so <laughs> things have shifted. Um, I described last week, um, you know, the last week's episode was called Accelerating Timelines, and the timelines have indeed been accelerated. Um, so rather than the Monday um, expansion of eligibility that we, that we talked about uh, in the last episode, it turns out I did some thinking later in the episode. I listened, I re-listened to it actually yesterday, and we we were all theorizing that Saturday morning that um, eligibility would be expanded on Monday mornings in May uh, in Ontario, but it turns out that didn't actually happen. Um, I was thinking about it that later that day, and because we never got anything announced, um, and the announcements, all the everything, all the paperwork and everything um, that was released by the Ontario government said week of May third, week of May tenth. It gave them wiggle room to basically say at some point in that week, we're going to be expanding eligibility. And it turned out it was not Monday morning. It was not Tuesday morning. It was actually Thursday. Um, so because of the expanded eligibility, um, we entered into the region of appointment booking, which I'm going to call vagary. And basically what that means is for the first time this like on Thursday, there's a super vague set of people that may be able to book and there's this whole i went into it in detail so i'm not gonna do it again this this time but there's this whole great um vague system that lets basically anybody claim or lots of a much much larger group of people than ever before claim that they're eligible with no evidence or proof or anything just basically on the honor system which is i think okay but like at no point has that ever been said that, that that this is how it's happening. There's no there's no information, and it's very frustrating um, because for me, it's a very very messy system. If you don't specify, like by the way, this is the honor system, um, because the way it works, the way they open up um, new eligibility for health conditions for high risk health conditions and new risk for people who can't work at home, uh, or new eligibility for people who can't work at home, but only technically half the people who can't work from home and it's very confusing like not everybody fits into the two groups that they have and not everybody fits not everybody who has a high risk condition fits into the short list of things that they gave the short list of conditions that they gave um because there's also there's high risk and at risk and your condition might not fall into either of those categories um with the list that they gave and so basically unless you exactly fit with one of the parameters with one of the things that they that they said like you can work from home or not be able to work from home rather but not fit into either of the two phases so it's like where do i go and like you have to inherently you have to go with phase one you have to assume that phase one is about you basically um or like the the first of the two phases and same with high risk and at risk if you're not if you feel in your heart that your condition is high risk, but it's not listed in either the high risk or the at risk. Um, it's built into the system that you need to either like wait too long if you're actually right that your condition is high risk or feel guilty if you get an appointment. So there are certain groups of people um, that are clearly outlined in, in phase one. And so they're, they don't have to, I guess, feel that guilt because it is, there's this whole thing of, you know, it's your turn. You should, you should get it when it's your turn. Um, but there's lots of people out there, I'm sure, that either just didn't book out of guilt or booked one because it's super vague 
and works on the honor system and lets you feel guilt. And so I feel guilt despite in spite of having cystic fibrosis, I feel guilty having booked an appointment because it's unclear. And I had to basically <clears throat> take advantage of the fact that it's unclear. Um, now, there are lots of places I mentioned last week. Again, I listened to this episode yesterday, so it's, it's kind of helpful to have to reference. Um, this doesn't seem to be the case in other provinces or in other places in other countries. Um, for example, the Cystic Fibrosis Clinic in Ottawa sent us an email when when um, they, this was allowed in Quebec, when cystic fibrosis patients specifically were allowed to book vaccines in Quebec. Um, it wasn't vague. We got an email from them saying, um, yeah, as of 8 a.m. today, you can book an appointment. That was like this was like two weeks ago. As of 8 a.m. today, you can book an appointment, get vaccinated. Um, in Ontario, we heard nothing. Cystic fibrosis is not on any list. Um, the clinic couldn't send us an email. They did remind us, however, um, then the wording, I actually, I'm going to take a little break and I'm actually going to read the wording because um, it seems like based on the wording that they used in the email, that they were specifically told, we can't tell people to book a vaccine, like don't do that because it's so unclear. But also <laughs> the, what I read into it is, yeah, you should book a vaccine. Um, I'm actually going to read the the wording because I find it super interesting that um that this is how they chose to to word it uh yeah so the wording is the rollout has not been super smooth and sometimes seems all over the place when it's whose turn but i think things will really be ramping up now i don't have any inf more information than is available on the ottawa public health website which is a phrase by the way I'll, tangent that um that i also received earlier when when, it, when we weren't eligible um get back into the quote uh, all I can say is just try to book yourself when you can. Don't be discouraged if you're 12,000th in line. Uh, when you book to register, it goes very fast. Uh, okay, so end quote. Um, now that quote, that especially the part of like, all I can say is just try to book yourself when you can, um, is weaselly because it has to be like, because they don't want to say, yes, you can book now, but they also don't want to say like... <laughs> They don't want to say don't book because you can. Um, so it's it's so weird. But like cystic fibrosis patients, in my opinion, should not feel guilty about having booked an appointment. Um, but this is how they're doing it. And I find it super frustrating. They should they should have a list where if you go in detail, you can see every single medical condition. I know for a fact that doctors groups um, have been advocating and, and prioritizing that condition is somewhere on a list somewhere. It, it was not forgotten. But there should be a complete list, not like 10 bullets that list like respiratory diseases. Like I said last week, respiratory diseases. Cystic fibrosis doesn't fall into the category of respiratory disease. It's more than that. Um, yeah, it's it's all super vague and super weird. All I'm hoping because so Julia as a teacher has an appointment at 1045 and I have an appointment at 230 today. Um, so we're both getting vaccinated. We have two kids, so we couldn't do it at the same time, even if we wanted to. Um yeah, it's it's exciting, but it's guilt inducing. And I I I can't see because at no at no point in the um it is like it truly is the honor system because at no point in the in the email you get or anywhere on the website does it say that you need like proof or evidence that you have a, the job that makes you qualify for this or the health condition that makes you qualify. They just say bring ID and bring um your confirmation. So like you have to you have to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll report back um, next week how, how I was feeling. And um, hopefully by then, a lot of you, like we're almost at the majority of 
of um, people in Ontario having at least one shot. Um, I have noticed that if you like, there's this Vaccine Hunters Canada account that's been sending out messages anytime, basically anytime vaccines are available anywhere in Canada, they'll send it out with a postal code and all this and being like, go get them. Um, and in Ontario, this is the this is what I've noticed. Um, it seems like vaccines seem to be incredibly common. There's lots of vaccines out there, but they're completely randomly distributed throughout Ontario uh, or throughout the hotspots in Ontario. Basically, these these like pop up clinics and and other things. Um, so there's lots of vaccine doses, but they're not going they're not targeting people specifically. They're they're kind of like spraying out vaccines to random people who are paying attention to all these the Twitter accounts and that kind of thing and dropping in drive by and see a line and and get in it. Um, so unless you fit perfectly into one of the existing categories, so these these first phase of people who can't work from home, the first phase of people with high risk health, health conditions. Other than that, it's basically just like <laughs> a crapshoot. Basically, I don't know if that's a swear. Can you swear? Can you say crapshoot? I'm going to say it anyway. It's crapshoot. Um, yeah, it's a very frustrating system that they have. Um, at least it seems like it's more elegantly handled, more tactfully handled in Quebec, where at least it does seem, I haven't actually done research cause I, there's no reason to, um, but it seems like there's a more well-defined list of, of who's eligible when, and they're actually moving a lot faster. So, um, we're going to see, um, reports and we're going to see commissions and all of this into the pandemic response. I, I hope it comes out that Ontario has just completely bungled this release of vaccines. Um, now, anyways, I'm going to leave all that behind for a few minutes because I want to talk about something that we've been trying to do at home. Um, yeah. So basically, one of the things that we've been focusing on over the last month or so is what I'm what I'm calling um, our post-pandemic lifestyle. So we've been trying to, to get our home ready for what things are going to be like after the pandemic. And so, yeah. We've been doing things like we put up a swing set in the backyard. That's actually kind of during pandemic, but it's also, I mean, it's going to be there post pandemic. Like we want to have our place set up um, with things that we need so that, you know, when, when we can have contractors or whoever come back into our house and we feel comfortable with that, um, that we'll be able to like start renovations if we want to, we want to have like the, the pieces, the bones in place. And yeah, like last fall, we bought a couch, for example, like a, a big enough couch that it fits all of us in the family and more. Um, yeah, like we got a we got a patio set that I put together yesterday um, for the front porch. So like it's it's kinds of things that um, we're at the phase now where we're actually getting things and doing things with our home that are designed to be able to see people again eventually. Whereas at the very beginning of the pandemic, it was like we didn't want to do anything because we didn't know how long this was going to last. But we're at the point now that, um, yeah, the changes we're making are are aware of the fact that we're going to be seeing people again sooner rather than later and having people over and going places and all that. Um, so that's comforting, but, but still weird right now. Um, and another thing that, that we're doing, um, again, this isn't really post pandemic, but it is like, it's as a result of the pandemic. So our car, um, that Julia brought into our relationship, she had from teacher's college. Um, it's like a 2010 model, um, is no longer working. And basically I don't like the air conditioning went on it um, before the pandemic started, but it has just gotten it, it. It did not survive the pandemic. That That's our one casualty in this house. Um, and it had nothing to do with health. Um, basically, uh, we had to get the battery replaced three or four times. We Like CAA loved our house during the pandemic. Um, the car just stops. We we never drove it. We we needed two cars once a week, basically. Um, 
before the pandemic and during the pandemic we needed <laughs> almost zero cars we needed like <laughs> 0.25 of a car um, basically for groceries and, and errands and that kind of thing um, so the car is no longer working and it's an interesting process like getting rid of a car is way more complicated like it's obviously this multiple thousand pound thing on your driveway um, but getting a getting rid of a car is weird but it does seem like you get you're able to get we haven't actually got heard back from the, the company but basically a company will come and, and tow your car away for like 200 bucks or something um basically sold for scraps so yeah it, it would be possible to try and sell this car but it doesn't start and that's like a crucial thing when you can when you're trying to sell a car it's like does it work no you need to put you're gonna need to put money into this 10 plus year old car that currently doesn't run so um difficult to sell in normal times very difficult to sell during a pandemic and we have no interest in that especially given the fact that it doesn't start so basically yeah it's getting scrapped and if we need a car two cars eventually at some point it'll be like potentially another year down the road so um we're just gonna wait that out <laughs> we're gonna keep the van and that's it we haven't needed we haven't needed multiple cars in a long time and we won't for a long time and um yeah you know what i'm gonna leave the episode there for now um i hope you have had i hope you're having a good weekend it's actually mother's day today um so happy mother's day to all the mothers out there i don't <laughs> i might go on record and say i don't think any mothers actually listen to the show so what i'll say is if you are listening uh yeah i hope you are telling the people around you <laughs> be sure to tell the people around you um who have children happy mother's day and um yeah i would also say having experienced infertility as the male uh, partner in a couple um also super important to recognize that not everybody um, has an easy time becoming a mother or being a mother and so um if you know somebody in your life who has suffered through infertility which a lot of people have um, or difficulty conceiving be sure to reach out to them too because they are probably having a very hard time today um, i know mother's day was very difficult for julia um and and still in some aspects is obviously we have two kids now so um things are a little more positive there but mother's day can be tough for people who can't have children but want to um so thanks very much for listening Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.